Hi listeners, this is your Muggle Braden. Have you been needing any kind of help in the area of video? Do you need a wedding video shot? Do you need promotional material? Do you need just a cool video for your YouTube page? You should get a hold of our friend Logan Hayes. You should go to his website, www.loganrhays.com, and type in the code MUGGLE for 10% off a quote from Logan. He can do some awesome work for you. Um, You should go to his page and check out um, the various facets of what he does. Um, So he's a friend of ours and does great work, so go check that out, www.loganrhays.com. Hello and welcome to episode 15 of A Muggle's Perspective. I am your perspective, Rogi, and I'm joined by my friend Brayden, who is our muggle. Brayden, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. How are you? I am good. For the sake of the podcast, I'm in my upstairs bedroom with the windows closed and the air conditioning off so that the recording can sound a little bit better. So I'm warm. Okay. I am in our guest bedroom. Um, with the air conditioning on. Sorry, Jeremy and Jessica. <laughs> As always, sorry, Jeremy and Jessica. So this is the show where we walk through the Harry Potter books with Brayden because he doesn't know what he's talking about, and it's funny to see how wrong he is about things. So we're going to get started with everyone's favorite segment that involves Brayden being wrong about things, Trivia Tuesday. All righty. Let's get, let's get to making me look stupid. Right off the bat, you're not messing around. So, no. Um, we were told by a listener that we get too in the weeds, so we want to kind of uh, hit the highlights here. Yeah, we need a we need a uh, quantity of weeds that we should get into. Mm-hmm. So, Speaking of weeds mm. and grass and things that grow, um, <laughs> my brother-in-law, Mitchell, and his buddies at Lights Lawn Care are um, avid listeners, I'm told. Helps them pass the time in the hot sun, cutting the grass for people. So, shout out to those guys. Lights, lawn care, get at us. Yeah. You could sponsor an episode. Absolutely. We'd be happy to have you. Man, what a segue, honestly. It was. I like that you have so many brothers-in-law that you have to be very specific. So many. You've got dozens of brothers-in-law. And it's only going to become more. Yeah, so true, because you have so many sisters. I have two sisters. And Plus I have... Hank five sisters-in-law that's a lot of sisters um okay so trivia tuesday we've got two questions for you both of these were correctly answered by i have four sisters-in-law sorry i don't i don't care (laughs) (laughs) one of those five is my wife so that doesn't yeah there you go i was like i was thinking that was a little high but i was gonna slide i just couldn't let that one go sorry um, so both of these were correctly answered by our listeners on Facebook, so they are doable. First question. You know how we went to Nearly Headless Nick's death day party? Mm-hmm. What year did he die? 1765. <laughs> Close. It is a year that is related to the history of the United States, but it is a much sooner. Looking for 1492. Is it really? Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm not, I'm not kidding. And I I feel like I have a good track record of being honest on the trivia. Sure. That was a date that came to my head when I looked at the rundown Mm -hmm. before the show. Good. I should have went with my gut. 
Oh, yeah. 1492, so many things happened. I know. Um, so that was correctly answered by longtime listener Katie Roach. Nice job, Katie. No, that's not true. Sorry, Katie. You don't get credit for that one. It was Emily who got this one right. We retract our praise, Katie. Also longtime listener and sponsor, which is a theme that the same three people answer all of our trivia questions. So, Mitch, get Facebook. Start answering trivia questions. There you go. Uh, second question. So you remember that they needed Harry and Ron Hermione needed to steal some ingredients from Snape to make the polyjuice mm-hmm. potion. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yes. and Hermione was like, "You guys are going to get expelled, so I'll do the stealing." Yes. How did Harry and Ron distract Snape so she could steal the ingredients? They um, Harry threw a firework into Malfoy's, um, I guess, cauldron, right? As they were creating a potion, and it exploded everywhere and, like, made... It was like a swelling um, (laughs) thing that made Swelling solution? Yeah. And, like, Malfoy's nose got huge and heavy. Squidward? Um, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So... That's how that happened. Yeah, you're absolutely right. That is exactly how they distracted Snape. If you had asked me that before this reread, I would have not gotten that right. Seriously. That was a specific detail, yeah. So honestly, I know more about Harry Potter than you do. Yeah, so I'm the muggle now. You're going to start doing the rundown. You're going to write everything up. All right, folks, welcome to A Muggle's Perspective. Mm -hmm. I'm Braden, your host, uh, The Perspective. (laughs) The Perspective. Like, you just go, it doesn't make any sense, but you're going with it. Yeah. Uh, good. So Braden is 50-50 this week on trivia, which is pretty darn good. Getting better, folks. Putting yeah. in the time. Doing uh, the be- science. Before we want to, before we jump in, I do want to apologize that this episode is coming out about a week later than you would have hoped. I was sick last week when we were supposed to record. I feel like my voice already sounds weird enough, and you wouldn't have wanted to hear it when I had a like cold. Yeah. Plus the leprosy makes it tough to like... Yeah get around other people and right so yeah it is it's a good thing that i uh haven't had a job for months yep so news more news on that later so <laughs> subscribe to the newsletter <laughs> <laughs> um yeah about the newsletter also being a week late um <laughs> that's my apologies guys i'll get to, i'll get on that too by now it's like been forever by the time you're hearing this anyway um chapter 11 the dueling club The Dueling Club. Yeah, so the Dueling Club, we start out just after Harry's realization that Colin Creevy has been petrified, frozen. Mm -hmm. And the school is, I think the only word is up in arms. That's accurate. Is that the term that you would use? Yeah, lots of rumors flying. Uh, People are kind of walking around on eggshells, not sure what to think. Um, Which is pretty understandable as these these kids are anywhere from what like 11 to how old can you be 17 17 18 i, I mean guess people you start getting petrified and like you know finding bodies different places finding dead cats i mean it'd be a little weird colin is frozen ron and hermione have already heard the whole school harry thought that he had like inside information the whole school already knows yeah he's actually he's kind of got to catch up so they present this theory, I guess at this point, since we already read chapter 12, the theory is a little passe, but Ron is sure. Oh, okay. Dobby says the chamber's been open before, so this must have been Lucius and now Draco, Malfoy. Right. Did you, at the time, I know we can't, since you've heard more information about that since, but at the time, did you agree with Ron? 
Yeah, I think that's like the the easiest choice. Like that's mm-hmm. kind of where your mind goes first. I mean, like Draco's just a suspicious twerp. Yeah. And Snape seems to really like him, so that kind of doesn't help your view of him and yeah, what does it say about you when kids start dying or getting petrified in the school? And everyone's like, "Well, it's probably this kid." I mean, but that's kind of what's happening to happening to Harry. That's true. Is he a suspicious twerp? Oh, I wouldn't call him a twerp. No, he threw a firework into a kid's potion and made the class swell up like Squidward. I mean, that was just well played. Imagine if he'd missed. There's just been a firework in the classroom. Been there. Shout out to shout out to uh, Ethan Underback. <laughs> Do you know that story? I don't. Okay, it, we we are at the uh, Tharp family Fourth of July celebration. Oh no! Suffice it to say that the you know how they use those columns that you like the I don't know little canisters that you put the fireworks in that keep it going straight up. Yeah. Well, it fell over, <laughs> and there's just a lot of people. In the backyard. Oh, and so Ethan no. and I are on like a love seat together and we're like climbing on top of each other to like get away from it. And there's a lot going on. It was a big day. Um, fireworks are being thrown. There's just a lot. Yeah, there's a lot going on. Fred and George. I like how Fred and George try to cheer Ginny up. Yeah. What page is that on? This is page 185 for those of you reading along at home or reading along at Lights Lawn Care. <laughs> I'm sure that's. I'm sure Mitch is driving a like zero turn lawnmower while reading Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. I think that's exactly what he's doing. So it says that Ginny is especially distraught because she sat next to Colin Creevy in Charms, and then Fred and George just are like scaring her. They cover themselves with fur or boils and jump out at her from behind statues. Like, what's that supposed to be solving? I don't know. Those those kids are wild cards. The twins. I don't really understand their how their brains work. <laughs> They're like, "Oh, she's scared, so let's let's scare her let's out." Let's make it. it worse. Yeah, and it'll be funny. I mean, they're not wrong. It's probably funny. I don't know. I don't like them messing with my girl Jenny. No. Don't with Harry's uh, Harry's future wife. Yeah, Harry needs to step in. <laughs> so we find out. Oh, I did have a quote. On page 185, they went for Filch first, Neville said, his round face fearful. And everyone knows I'm almost a squib. Oh, He's just adding to the act. (laughs) I'm just a poor squib. I can't take over the Hogwarts school or anything. Nobody suspicion me. I don't know how to do magic. I'm terrible. So it's all an act? Oh, yeah. I'm I'm sticking with the script, man. Don't sleep on Neville. Don't sleep on Neville. So we get to the ho- we've got kind of a whole Christmas holiday storyline going here. Mm-hmm. Malfoy, why is Malfoy staying for Christmas? Would you want Malfoy home for Christmas? I mean, I assume his own dad hates him as well. Okay, let's flip back. What chapter is that when Harry goes through the flu network incorrectly? Yeah, I guess they are. Like he's buying. And they're buying. Yeah, so we're yeah. on page like fifty-two, so fifty-three, fifty-one. I don't know. Does it explain why Malfoy stayed? Did I miss that? No. Bottom of page 185, they heard that Malfoy was staying, which struck them as very suspicious. And that's it. That is suspicious. He's a suspicious guy. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe his parents are... Much suspicious. They're going to, like, an adults-only Christmas vacation. They're going to Sandals. (laughs) Jamaica. Yeah. Hot, hot, hot. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, ding. tan all over, Jan all over. You got to figure. I mean, why else would... Who doesn't want their kid to come home for Christmas? They don't see him all year. Yeah, that's interesting. Maybe... But, like, to be fair, I have the same question about Hermione's parents. They're just chill about this. They're like, okay, that's fine. Stay there for Christmas. Hermione's parents probably wanted her home and were pretty upset, and Hermione was just, like, very insistent that she needed to be studying over break. Like, I can't come home and have all this this Christmas shenanigans, you know, messing with my, my focus, and I have at least 14 more books that I want to read before classes start again. So, and she's got to work on that potion, so... Has Hermione? So Hermione's parents have got to know how much she hangs out with Harry and Ron specifically, right? You would think so. So has Hermione's dad done the thing where he like calls them up and is like, "I want to know what's go- you know what's going on with you and my daughter." What's your intention, boy? Yeah, and they're just like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! We're twelve year olds. We don't even I don't even understand the question, the line of questioning, sir." I mean, I'd be suspicious. She's staying over. First of all, it's a mixed boys and girls boarding school. I'm getting off topic. It just seems like a lot. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm questioning Hermione's dad here. Where you at? Maybe they're just, I don't know. They're just excited that she's doing magic. They figure it's an investment now, and then later she can magic people's teeth straight for them. And they're going to make <laughs> her a bunch of money. Honestly, why not? Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. Change my mind. You know that meme? Uh, Where it's like, um, oh, what are some examples? Pop-Tarts are ravioli. Change my mind. Male privilege is a myth. Change my mind. Oh, yeah. Halo 2 is better than Halo 3. Yeah, the change my mind meme. That's what I'm, okay. Here's two of them, and Patrick Starr is sitting at both of them. No, Patrick's at one, Spongebob's at the other. One says, Mm -hmm. I'm Dirty Dan, and the other one says, no, I'm Dirty Dan. (laughs) Changed my mind. (laughs) That's a good one. Yeah. Um, So we're stealing from Snape. I just liked puffer fish eyes. That's what Malfoy was doing. Yeah, so what do you envision that's like? I'm picturing puffer fish eyes are, like, very small. Like, they're unreasonably small. See, I I thought they were really big. Oh, interesting. It just seems like... Malfoy's flicking these, and that's demonstrable. You could, I would just have him be like, sir, there are puffer fish eyes all around me. Malfoy has been flicking them at me. Like, what's, he, what's Snape going to say to that? <laughs> he thinks that you sprinkled puffer fish eyes around your chair to s- set up Malfoy? Hmm. I guess. Yeah. So the plan is to throw a firework into Goyle's cauldron. Is, was this a good plan? Um, yeah, I think so. Where did they get the firework? <laughs> um, every year when they're packing for school, it talks mm-hmm. about the twins having like, they have like two suitcases and one of them is full of fireworks. <laughs> and so, so it they're says just it's, the, they're the Hogwarts firework dealers. Yeah. It says it's one of Fred's filibuster fireworks. Okay. Well, that answers my question. So yeah, they're going to have Harry throw a firework into... Malfoy's cauldron and it's going to get the swelling solution all over the Slytherins but here's my issue Harry stands up right does it says Harry straightened up maybe not maybe he's sitting down but no Slytherin saw him do this 
Right. That's I did think about that when I was reading this. Like, no one, period, saw him do this. Yeah. I mean, Dean and Seamus, I feel like they're going to keep their heads down. Like, they're not going to rat Harry out. Neville isn't... No, Neville's on Harry's side. He's not going to rat Harry out. But a Slytherin's going to jump at the chance. Were they all huddled around this same cauldron? Maybe. To where they couldn't see Harry? Yeah, I guess we don't know how they were positioned in the classroom. Yeah. It just seems suspicious. I agree. So then I have here, Swelling Solution gets all of the Slytherins. Honestly, that's pretty funny. Like, Swelling Solution? Yeah, that was It's awesome. not like they're getting burned. They're getting swole. Oh, uh, so Harry was probably just doing everything he could to hold back, like, a really punny joke. Yeah. You gotta think wizard bodybuilding. There's, like, a lot of PEDs. Oh, yeah. So much swelling solution. <laughs> so much, you're just drinking swelling solution. I'm get a quick set, and then I'm gonna pound some swelling solution. <laughs> they just all look like, uh, what's his name, Big Hero 6. Yes. Everyone's just yes. drinking swelling solution. Everyone is just pounding swelling solution and listening to, like, Slayer. <laughs> what's the wizard version of Slayer? You got one? You got a good, like, like metal band name from the world of wizard? I, I don't. I don't. So everyone pause the podcast and Google wizard metal band, <laughs> metal band names. Um, I'm thinking like Expelliarmus. Like it's the name of a, it's the name of a spell maybe. Actually, why don't we have listeners send in their best wizarding death metal mm-hmm. band name? I think that'd and be hilarious, and we can read like the best two or three. We would love to, we would love episode. to read the best two or three on the yeah. next episode. In fact. In fact, if we get, take a pause here, p- pause your podcast. Pause, um, unpause from earlier. From your, you're back from Googling. Okay, good. Pause again. <laughs> um, we want to announce. Is this the first time this is being announced? Yeah, this is spontaneous. This is we great. have, when I say we, I of course mean, say it with me, Jeremy um, <laughs> figured out how to set up a, an online we like to call it a voicemail hotline because we want to use the term hotline as much as possible. Leave us a voicemail. If you dial on your real phone, the number one nine, seven, eight Potter zero. So that's nine, seven, eight, seven, six, eight, eight, three, seven, zero. Leave us a voicemail. So that'll get, that'll come to us and then it will come on the uh, next episode that we're recording. So this is a great way for us to kind of look back at previous episodes. We'll ask questions like this. Um, what are your thoughts on this? We'll give us a list of good metal wizard band names. Or um, do you have a theory about how Harry didn't get caught from throwing that firework? Yes. We'll, we'll have some questions like that, and that gives us a good chance to go back and talk about the previous episode a little bit. So if you want to hear your voice on a mobile's perspective... This is your second way to do that besides becoming a sponsor. Yeah, so I guess our opening um, bit for the hotline, for lack of a better term, is mm-hmm. the your best death metal wizarding band name. Yeah, I want to hear a few of them. I mean, if you're coming up with one, then just kind of come up with four. Yeah. You're leaving a voicemail. Yeah. Introduce yourself. Tell us your Hogwarts house. And assuming and we get more than three, we will take the best three. You agree? Yes. Is that a good number? What I like is your optimism that we're going to get more than three. Well, I, I hope so. I appreciate that. You got... Who, who's going to submit one? Rachel. <laughs> Rachel. Not Hannah. Not Hannah. No. 
Um, we'll get one from uh, Mrs. Sells. Mrs. Sells and potentially sure. Mitchell and or any employee of Lights Locker. Yes. yes, Colby, Tyler, give me all the lights. Yes. Do they work there? They probably don't still work there. They used to. I honestly don't know. Lights. Let us know. If you're a light working for Lights Lawn Care, call in. Voicemail. Call the voicemail. We will edit it for appropriateness and sound quality and put it on the show, and we'll respond to it, and it'll be great. Perfect. So <laughs> Snape gives them some deflating draft. That's fun. Um, are you worried that Snape is going to catch Harry? Snape was pretty mad. And he was looking right at Harry. Yeah. Which, like, of course, Snape's blaming Harry. He just happens to be right this time. In five chapters, is Harry going to get detention for this? I don't think he's going to get detention, but I think Snape is going to go out of his way to frame Harry. Like, you know, find a way to blame him for something that happens. Which isn't, like... That's that's just daily stuff. Yeah, that's typical Snape, but... He's got some motivation now, more so than just his general hatred for Harry. Yeah. Well, he's got some hatred for someone else, as we come to find out, because we go to the dueling club. Yes. So, I mean, let's get right to it. Are we Team Snape in this chapter? We're Team Snape every chapter, Braden. That's not we... true. <laughs> you freaking parcel I mean, mouth. <laughs> Snape, wow. <laughs> Wash your mouth out with venom, sir. I am not a parcel mouth. Um, Snape and Lockhart are the two people heading up Dueling Club. And that makes sense. <laughs> of course it does. Is it time for for some uh, cow meat to be brought up? I think so. I'm hungry for some dinner. So, um... Yes, more of this. We should. The whole episode should just be us saying things like that. Yeah. Yep, so we have some 100% USDA prime choice. Braden's beef. Um, so my beef is, as you guessed, uh, what the heck is Dumbledore or whoever makes the call on who runs clubs or who's allowed to start clubs? What are they doing? So I think you're right. It's got to be Dumbledore. So Lock- right. who else so, is giving him permission so to So I'm do this? Dumbledore and Lockhart uh-huh. approaches me. Yes. Okay, so you're Lockhart. Give me your best pitch for this dueling club. Oh, Professor Dumbledore, excellent to see you today. I, you know, I was, while I was composing my latest sonata about myself, I had an epiphany, as I often do. And I thought, things are becoming somewhat dangerous at Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry, I think you will agree. There can only be one solution. I must teach the students how to duel. We need practicality. You, I'm sure, having read my complete collected works, are familiar with my prowess as a warlock. And I think I can think of no one better to teach the students how to defend themselves and, if necessary, attack whoever is perpetrating these heinous crimes. So, dueling club, Lockhart's leading it, Let's do this, Dumbledore. What do you say? Honestly, I wasn't listening to anything you just said, and I really don't care. So please, (laughs) do whatever you want and leave my office. I think you just nailed it. It's just got to be apathy. Yeah. It's not that Dumbledore thought it was a good idea. He was like, whatever I have to say for you to talk to me less. Yeah. Yep. Which is fine, and I understand, but... 
it's also not fine because this guy shouldn't be in supervision of children, period, let alone teaching them how to duel and hurt each other. So you're saying it's not all right? It's not okay. <laughs> it's not okay. Honestly, honestly, what I'm trying to say is it's not okay. It's not okay. Because somebody, so dueling, this is one of those things where you didn't know you needed Harry to be in a dueling club until he was in it, right? Yeah, I mean, once once I can get past the fact that they've got Lockhart teaching this club, mm-hmm. it's like, all right, this is sweet. Let's yeah, do like, this. of course we need a dueling club. Yeah, we need to have duels weekly. So you had high expectations for dueling club. I did. And how did they stack up to the results? Um, so I think it was pretty obvious that once they started choosing pairs, Malfoy and Harry were going to be together. Like, that's just that's really? a perfect storyline. That's going to happen. So, I mean, I would have guessed that Harry would want to partner up with Ron. Harry's always partners with Ron. Well, he did, but Snape wouldn't let him. But Snape doesn't do that to anyone else. But it's Snape. That's what I'm yeah, saying. Right. Like, you knew this was going to happen. Of course. It's actually a pretty, like, epic little back and forth between Harry and Snape. I mean, Harry and uh, Malfoy, same difference. Harry dueling Snape? That'd yeah, be so good. That would be good. Yeah, we've got... Well, first we have Snape versus Lockhart. Which is hilarious, because I forget what exactly the spell is or whatever that Snape uses, but he, like, mm-hmm. catapults him across the room into a wall. <laughs> yep. Snape uses Expelliarmus, which, I want to be clear, is a disarming charm. It's supposed to just make the wand fly out of your hand. So, why did that happen? Well, what does that tell you about the magical strength level of Snape versus Lockhart? I think it confirms my idea that Lockhart's not even a wizard. (laughs) I mean, Lockhart does later just drop his wand. The guy's a a phony, man. He's he's just a goon. But, like, he has no self-awareness. He's standing up on stage, and he says, I let you do that. <laughs> and it says, doesn't it say like Snape's lip is curling and he's yeah. like staring a hole through him basically? Yeah, a couple times Harry says that he's like, I don't know how. Okay, it's on top of page 190. If Snape had been looking at him like that, he'd have been running as fast as he could in the opposite direction. So, like, why is Lockhart. Lockhart, he should be scared of Snape. Also, this isn't that relevant, but the next paragraph, it says Lockhart and Snape turned to face each other and bowed. At least Lockhart did, with much twirling of his hands, whereas Snape jerked his head irritably. They raised their wands like swords in front of them. So, I was kind of trying to picture this in my head, like Lockhart doing this like big fancy twirl thing, and Snape basically just dabbing. <laughs> he just maintains eye contact and just dabs. Just dabbed on him. An irritable head twitch. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, Snape could be into dabbing. Like, years later, you know? Yeah. Not when it first starts out. So we've got some... They just tell everyone to duel. What does he say? Shield charms only or something? Um, yeah. And then Lockhart tries to give Harry, like, a 30-second crash course on defense. Or am I skipping ahead? Yeah, well, first, so Harry and Malfoy duel each other, and that's fine. And then he said, I said disarm only. And they're using, Harry uses a tickling spell, and Malfoy uses a dancing spell. Okay. Um, And that's good. 
and now Snape is like, oh, no, Lockhart says, top of page 195, I think I'd better teach you how to block unfriendly spells. Oh, you think? Maybe that should be the first thing we learn? Cool. So he gets he gets a volunteer pair, and that's how Harry and Malfoy end up on the stage again. Yes. And I'm kind of envisioning now, like, um, weigh-ins before, like, a UFC fight. Of course. And they're just, like, inches from each other's face. And Malfoy's, like, smiling and laughing, and Harry's just straight-faced. They're both, like, flexing. I'm picturing them opposite sides of a boxing ring, and Snape is, like, rubbing Malfoy's shoulders, and he's like, use this snake spell. And he's, like, whispering, and Malfoy's, like, got a big grin. And then Lockhart's like, okay, Harry, just wiggle. And Harry's like, I'm sorry, Professor, did you say what? Ding, ding. Oh, great. Like, he's just, he has to jump into it, and he's ticked. Yeah. (laughs) Malfoy goes on two, and yells serpent sortia and now there's a snake there's just a snake in the room now it's a pretty big snake correct it's a yeah it's a i'm sure it's a pretty big snake a long black snake and so it's going after how scared were you at this point i mean with snape in the room not terribly scared because i don't think he would let a student get hurt under his watch um he'd, he'd let him get dangerously close but sure I mean, if it was just Lockhart in there, I'd have been like, all right, like right, we're going to have some student fatalities. Some some plural. Yeah. But Snape probably has some kind of anti-Snape yeah. spell. Snape's got it under control, I think. Anti-Snake spell. So Lockhart, allow me, and launches it 10 feet in the air. He's worthless. I, but he can do magic. I don't know. Maybe he learned... Um... What was it called that Filch was trying to learn? The quick spell. Quick spell. Course. I feel like Lockhart is probably a quick spell guy. You'd think. He should be. Yeah. So Harry, <laughs> he doesn't try to use a spell on the snake. He just walks over to it and says, leave him alone. <laughs> Quit it. Stop it, snake. That's my friend Justin. Finch hyphen Fletchley. You get out of here. <laughs> Go on. Scram! So this is a whole big deal. Talk me through your understanding of what happens at this point and why, if and why it is important. Um, we learn that Harry is bilingual. He speaks English and Parcelmouth. Snakeish. Which is a language for snakes. So um, the that would just honestly be another like ridiculous thing in the mind that is J.K. Rowling's. Um, however, the uh, Salazar Slytherin was also known as a parcel mouth. So this is going to further the rumor that uh, Harry is the heir. The Harry a- Potter? Harry Potter. Does that work? Well is that done. good? Let us know. Call in a voicemail. Was that good? Do you like our podcast? Okay, so... So Harry's a parcel mouth. Harry's a parcel mouth. So was Salazar Slytherin. This freaks people out. Okay, so I have a question here. Given the circumstances, you know what went down, right? Yeah. There's a snake. Harry said, leave him, he's, leave him alone. Quit bugging him. Get out of w- here. Were these circumstances... Can you understand why everyone thought that he was egging the snake on? Is that justified? No, I can't. This was almost my beef this week. Sure. Like, especially, um, 
what's the kid's he's a great basketball player justin finch fletchley finch fletchley <laughs> michael kid gilchrist i think yes um rogers cromarty is what i was gonna go with <laughs> carl anthony towns <laughs> like he annoys me the most because he kind of runs off like harry's a freak and like he's scared and i mean i don't know i'm trying to put myself in these kids shoes like I mean, the whole situation's pretty scary. But the snake didn't eat you because Harry did something. Yeah, it was weird what he did, and he spoke to it, but the snake didn't kill you because whatever the weird thing Harry did worked. It seems like the order of events should exonerate Harry. That's what, yeah. He raised itself again, fangs exposed, poised to strike, and then Harry says, leave him alone. And then the snake... The, the Snape. And then Snape slumped to the floor. And then Snape was laying there. Yeah. <laughs> Hissing. Can you imagine? In the fetal that's position. Snape, that's Snape's move. No, no. He's he's snaking towards the snake. He's like wiggling. He's like doing the worm. Slithery little snake. Yeah. And he's like <laughs> hiss, hiss. Um, it, it's, the snake was going to attack him and then Harry said leave him alone and then he stopped. Right. So why is everyone freaking out like like, honestly, the, the thing you're focused on most is the fact that he could speak to the snake. And I, I get it. Like, that's, oh, that's a Slytherin thing. Sure. But he also saved a kid's life. So, I mean. But they just straight up don't think that's what happened. They're like, you were trying to get it to attack him. And you just failed miserably and got lucky. Yeah, it just seems like a misinterpretation of the facts. It's kind of, I don't know. It's kind of a stupid interpretation. <laughs> Here's my question. Nobody's mad at Malfoy for making a giant venomous snake show up? Well... He's not in trouble? Obviously, he's not going to be in trouble with Snape. So where's Lockhart? At this point, I assume he's sprinting out of the classroom or something. He's scared. Yeah. So he's probably not even thinking about, like, who... Like, how this snake got there. Yeah, it's pretty annoying. The whole situation is a pretty beef-worthy... So, yeah, this just sets off a whole chain of events. I mean, Harry basically spends the rest of the chapter and people are just mad at him for hating Muggleborns. I mean, like, I just it just doesn't seem like it fits up, right? Yeah, it just seems Justin, like they're really reaching. Let's go to, let's flip to page 198. Yep, yeah, okay. So, Justin told Harry that he'd been down for Eton for a muggle school. Um, Justin's been waiting for something like this to happen. Ever since he let it slip to Potter, he was muggle-born. Do they not know that Hermione was muggle-born? Apparently not. Harry's best friend is muggle-born. One of his two best friends. Uh, yeah. What? Give me your thoughts on this library thing where Ernie McMillan is just holding court and just telling all this stuff to all these Hufflepuffs. Page 198, 199. Yeah, I think that Ernie is probably one of these kids who is jealous of Harry. Interesting. Um, you know, Harry comes in. Like, this, this is a thing we've talked about before. Like, there's probably, you know, most of the people we read about so far in the story, like, are instantly just in love with Harry and think he's incredible and, oh, he's the one who defeated he who must not be named. But there's got to be some out there that are kind of like, this kid hasn't done anything. Like... He's lived with muggles his whole life. Like, why is why does he get so much attention? 
So that's kind of what I thought when I read it. Like, Ernie's probably pretty jealous, and, like, this is the chance to really knock Harry, po- Harry Potter down a peg. So he's just been biting at the chance. I don't know. That's what I'm going with. Sure. So Harry is hearing all this, and then he just storms out. He just comes out and is like, shut up. Where's Justin? <laughs> he doesn't say, he doesn't explain why any of those points are wrong. He's just like, I'm looking for Justin. <laughs> I'm just wondering why Harry is all of a sudden like a very attitude 13-year-old girl. I mean, because he's a 12-year-old boy. And let me tell you something, 12-year-old boys and 13-year-old girls, pretty similar. Oh, I guess you would know more than I. Is that the age range you were teaching? <laughs> yes. Yeah, okay. 12 to 14 for the most part, some 11-year-olds. So Harry comes out and does a little Z-snap with his hand. and The heck, guys! I mean, Harry, on page 200, he does say, you notice that after I spoke to it, the snake backed off, right? And Ernie says, all I saw was you speaking parcel tongue and chasing the snake toward Justin. <laughs> like, but you spoke to a snake. That's just, that's just not what happened, Ernie. My guy. Yeah. Come on. I don't know. A name like Ernie McMillan, like, I, we'll see in the movie, I guess, if this is a scene that makes the movie, but in my head, I read Ernie McMillan as, like, not super bright. I mean, like, do I have to say it? Yeah. He's a Hufflepuff. And Hufflepuffs are supposed to be really bright. Uh, Ravenclaws are supposed to be really Ravenclaws, bright. Ravenclaws, okay. Hufflepuffs are supposed to be really nice. Well, he's not. He's spreading rumors. Okay. Come on, Ernie. So things go from bad, and they get a lot better, right? Harry leaves the library. Yes. And he runs into Hagrid. Literally. (laughs) I mean, like, fair. Yeah. He just looks like a wall. And I assume Harry just, like, trampolines off his belly into the nearest wall. Hagrid's like, oh, sorry, been drinking some swelling potion. Swelling solution. Suck on back on Grandpa's old cough medicine. <laughs> what? <laughs> Dumb and Dumber. I'm not familiar. I mean, I, I know what Dumb and Dumber is. Yeah. Well, anyways. A Dumb and Dumber perspective? Yeah. Dumbest? That's the name of our next podcast? <laughs> the Dumbest Perspective. The Dumbest Perspective. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds we like a winner. Like three minutes, we watch like four minutes at a time. Yes. So we get to page 202 and not not a great look for harry yeah what the heck he just can't avoid trouble and like to no fault of his own but he's just struggling to fight back the rumors so let's let's lay it out there for our listeners harry by himself walks up on nearly headless nick question mark and justin finch fletchley who have both been petrified he literally trips over justin doesn't he and Justin was rigid and cold, a look of shock frozen on his face, his eyes staring blankly at the ceiling. And that wasn't all. Next to him was another figure, the strangest sight Harry had ever seen. It was nearly Headless Nick. So, so a ghost can get petrified? I guess. I don't know. This is... Again, like, are, like how hard are we going to try to make nearly Headless Nick relevant in the story? <laughs> wow, you don't care. I, I don't care. <laughs> He's dead. That's not where I thought this was going. <laughs> like, ugh, let's just talk about Justin. <laughs> Basically. So anyways, the like Harry's obviously freaking out, 
I would assume he knows right away this doesn't look good. And the worst possible thing that could happen would be if Peeves saw this, and then Peeves sees this. Yeah. So he starts yelling and freaking out and calling attention to it. And at first when this happened, like, all the kids burst out of the classroom doors, and I thought, like, sweet, Harry's going to be able to just kind of blend in against the wall. Right. And nobody's going to know that it was him. But Peeves knows. Peeves knows, and so does Ernie. Yeah, I don't know how Ernie knows. Why does Harry stay? That's Harry's fault. Yeah, but you got to think, like, everyone's probably kind of frozen in shock, like, circled up. Like trying mm-hmm. to figure out what's going on if you if you're not at the front of the like circle, and so if people see like a kid kind of like worming through the crowd trying to get away, I feel like that's going to be suspicious too. Where's his invisibility cloak? You know, <sighs> literally the question for every moment in this story. <laughs> How much better would Harry be at going to Hogwarts if he just constantly was invisible? So much better. So much better. So maybe one day he'll figure that out. Maybe. Probably not. Hopefully. Harry's not much one for uh, figuring stuff out. So McGonagall shows up. They have Flitwick carry Justin's body to the hospital wing. Yes. Flitwick's like two feet tall. Okay. Smart. <laughs> they have Ernie fan nearly headless Nick just away. Just take him somewhere. And now we'll go to Dumbledore's office. Are you nervous for Dumbledore time at this point? A little bit, because you have to, like, these things keep happening, and Dumbledore keeps giving him the benefit of the doubt, and you kind of wonder how long that's going to last. Are you giving Harry the benefit of the doubt at this point? Are you sure Harry's innocent? Yeah. Okay. I mean, definitely in this situation. He's just walking through the hall. Sure. The other ones, maybe, you know. Unless... Or maybe that was Harry. Hmm. No, I'm not going to try that. Yeah. <laughs> Unless. Um, so we get to Dumbledore's office. Do you have observations about his office? Was it what you thought it would be? So I'm just going to start reading about it. Page 205. Um, it was a large and beautiful circular room full of funny little noises. A number of curious silver instruments stood on spindle-legged tables, whirring and emitting little puffs of smoke. The walls were covered with portraits of old headmasters and headmistresses, all of whom were snoozing gently in their frames. There was also an enormous claw-footed desk, and sitting on a shelf behind it, a shabby tattered wizard's hat, which was the sorting hat. So is this is Dumbledore's office as grandiose as you were hoping? Yeah, I would expect things to be, like, flying around, and I wouldn't expect it to be a quiet office. I feel like there's a lot going on, so... That's true. This kind of... This fit up. This is one thing that I'll be looking forward to for the second movie. Like, right. I hope this is in there, this scene. Sure. Um, um, I'm going to make you make a prediction here. Okay. So you see the curious silver instruments? Yes. We're in the mini little puffs of smoke? Yes. And you just predict what one of them does? Just one. Um, I mean, if you have more than one prediction, feel free. Um, you, so... I need to tell you what one of these things... What's it for? Why is it there? Why does Dumbledore have it? What's it doing for him? There, It's an instrument, so it's meant to be used. Okay. So what kinds of things do we think would be floating around Dumbledore's head? Or his office? <laughs> well, those are two very different questions. Thing, well, that's true. Things 
that he would be, need to use in his office. Mm-hmm. He uses them too. So I think one of them is probably a silver stapler <laughs> to staple yes. his documents. It auto-staples. Yes. Um, one of them is um, a really, really nice ink pen, and he just, like, talks out loud what he wants to write, and it does it all for him. Sure. Um, I think one of them is a TV remote for all his favorite movies. And it just, like, projects them onto the wall. Yeah. Yep. Good. And one of them is a toaster. It seems like Dumbledore likes toast. Yeah, he just strikes me as a... As a yeah. toast guy. Toast is good. I can respect that. Yeah. So that's good. Okay, I like it. I like those predictions a lot. We'll see how those uh, pan out for you here. So I feel good about yeah. the toaster. We Harry gets resorted, I guess. Yeah, it doesn't help his. Uh, so he's. That's kind of like a big internal struggle. Struggle over the last few chapters is that he doesn't know. I think he's kind of doubting, like, whether or not he is the heir of Slytherin. Mm. And there's a lot of things that seem to be stacking up against him. Or at least a few really important things, notably the parcel mouth stuff. So this doesn't help. He kind of thinks, like, well, I'll try it again, and it'll tell me Gryffindor, and that'll help. That would have been nice. Yeah, that would have been really helpful for him. And instead it says, like I said, you would have been great at Slytherin. Not doing much for his confidence. Yeah. He goes, you're wrong. <laughs> you don't know. You're just a hat. Hat. Stupid little hat. And then... Get out of here. So Harry tells a hat that it's wrong and then turns around and watches a bird vomit itself into flames. It says it, it describes this gagging a bunch. Yeah, so I instantly turned back to the cover of the book. Mm-hmm. So now I know what that thing is. Yep. It's a phoenix. It's a phoenix. Yeah? A red turkey. It does look like a turkey. Um, so, yeah, that thing is, uh, like, doesn't it say it's, like, shaking and losing feathers as Harry's looking at it, and then it, like, coughs fire and dies? Yep. And then instantly is reincarnated as a baby yep. phoenix. And then we, like, Dumbledore comes in, and he's like, yeah, that's normal. It's a shame you had to see it die. <laughs> Classic phoenix, am I right? I mean, phoenixes are like. Have you, had you heard of of this the a phoenix before now? Isn't one of the books called The Order of the Phoenix? It is. Okay. Um. So I I knew that that was going to be a term, but I didn't know it was a red turkey. You didn't know a phoenix was a bird. No. I'm trying to. I think it might be ancient Greek. Uh. Well, yes, I did know that. Like, yeah, that's like an ancient yeah. thing. Like a. You know, a myth storyline sure. type thing. Kind of like, like I'm thinking phoenix. of like a centaur a little bit. Like, it's a yeah, thing. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, I've heard that before in terms of like mythology. Okay. Yeah. Good. So Dumbledore's like, Yeah, sorry. You should have seen him on his like pretty day, but instead it was a burning day. <laughs> Happens. If I'd have known you were coming, I'd have had him yeah. die earlier. <laughs> I could have just lit him on fire. You can just jumpstart it. Um, That's fine. And then Hagrid. Oh, Hagrid's so worried. I was touched by this. Were you touched? I was touched. Is is Hagrid hiccuping while he says these things? <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't Harry, Professor Dumbledore. <laughs> I was I was talking to him. He's Southern now. For, for that kid was found, he never had time, sir. You, you see, 
Turns out Hagrid is from Georgia. Yeah. Well, the devil went down to Georgia, so. Good point. Just don't sleep on the devil in Georgia. Hashtag just saying. So yeah, Hagrid comes to his defense. Really, really wants Dumbledore to know that it yeah. wasn't Harry. And then Dumbledore's like, so, I appreciate hey. that. Appreciate you, Dumbledore. Appreciate you, bro. We do appreciate him. He knows. Dumbledore is like, oh, yeah, I didn't suspect Harry. Are you surprised by this? Mm, I Dumbledore's a hard one to figure out. Because I'm always constantly wondering, like, what all, what does he know? What all does he know? What does he know? I don't know. I mean, I think he's, like, very loyal to Harry, like, on his team. And I don't, I don't really know why. It's just he always chooses to believe the best about Harry. Which I appreciate, because none of his classmates are. But... Yeah, I mean, you kind of feel like at some point Harry's luck is going to run out with Dumbledore, and Dumbledore's going to be, you know, all right, Harry, like, what's going on? He's just giving him second and third chances. I guess, unless he knows more than we think we than we think he does. Possible. I don't know. So then he's like, "No, it's fine, Harry. I know you didn't do it, but do you have anything to tell me?" And Harry's thinking. Oh, like Malfoy shouting that he's racist or Polyjuice Potion. I'm going to do Polyjuice Potion or about this voice I've heard or that I can speak to snakes. And he's thinking all this, but he's like, no, I'm good. Everything's good. Dumbledore, really. A lot of just normal 12-year-old stuff going on with me. That's what I mean. So I feel like Dumbledore knows something's going on. Now, should Harry have told him any of this stuff? I wanted him to tell him about the voice. So why does he not? I think we kind of talked about this last episode, right? Like, he's worried that they won't believe him or think he's nuts. Or that, like, something is wrong with him and he needs to be, you know, expelled out of Hogwarts because he's dangerous. Yeah, I guess that's true. That's a valid concern. But I don't know. I just, if I'm Harry, I'm like, man, Dumbledore seems like the only one I can trust. Surely he can help me. Yeah, I mean, I he's he's 12, like we've been saying, and so he's not thinking super straight. He just doesn't want to be embarrassed. He doesn't want to admit. Why do 12-year-olds lie? Why don't they just admit to things? I mean, it's just what's, it's just what's going on, I think. Yeah. I don't know. I just feel like at some point he's going to have to tell somebody because, like, Ron and Hermione can't help him. Yeah. Like, he needs someone who's older and more experienced. And, like... I don't know who better than Dumbledore. People act like he's untouchable and Hogwarts is No one's safe. older and more experienced than him. Good point. So that's that that Dumbledore convo. Yeah. We'll um we'll see what happens there. And so now everyone is just full on convinced that Harry's the heir of Slytherin. Yes. People are avoiding him in the yeah, hallway. It did not help that he was found by Justin's body. Anthony Towns' body. <laughs> Justin, I'm trying to think of another one throw out there Gilgis Alexander <laughs> Justin Gilgis Alexander man th- that one's for you Mitch so Fred and George are going make way for the heir of Slytherin that's good they're on his yeah, side yeah they're just playing right into it which I like I didn't really appreciate the way they handled things earlier with Jenny I kind of like this like making light of the situation and Kind of poking at the people who believe this. Yeah. Harry appreciates it. I 
Yeah, I think it was a good move. So term is over. We go. We have Christmas. And is there anything notable that jumps out to you about Christmas? All I wrote was, oh, so Hermione's just allowed to go to their dorm. She's just allowed up into the boys' room. That's chill. That's cool. That's cool. As they get older at Hogwarts, this could potentially be a problem. You think so? I'm just saying. Prediction. No, I'm not going to predict anything. So Hermione's just allowed up in there. Anything jump out to you about Christmas celebrations? Um, no, I mean, it's a really exciting time, and I, well, I wondered, you know, um, Hogwarts at Universal, is that where yes. that it is? Do they do, like, do they dress it all up for Christmas oh, yeah. during December? So and... parts of it are always, like, snow and winter-themed. But they do, yeah, they do Christmas stuff. They do, like, carols that they write that go along with, like, the story, kind like, the world, the wizarding world. They do light shows. They put Christmas trees everywhere and stuff like that. Now that I've been over Christmas. Side note about Hogwarts at Universal. Um, I saw a thing um, on one of my sporting apps. Um, for you Pacer fans... Thad Young apparently is a Harry Potter fan. Oh, Thaddeus Young, come on the podcast. That's what I'm saying. Like, he posted a picture of him and his wife at Hogwarts and Universal. And so I'm thinking we have got to get Thad Young either listening to this or on the podcast. Please come on my podcast, Thad Young. That is If any of you listeners happen to know Thad Young, tell him. Tell him to get on the podcast. That is the exact intersection of my interests. That would be awesome. I'm a big Pacers fan. I listen to Pacers podcasts. I'm ready for Thad Young on my podcast right now. Call the hotline, Thad Young. What if we get a voicemail from Thad Young? Yes. Yes, 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 yes. We love you, Thad. We do love you, Thad. So that's good. We have Christmas. Now we're po- we're about ready to polyjuice. What, do you, what did you think about Hermione's plan of... She's like, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to just hand Crab and Goyle cupcakes full of sleeping potion. This seems fail-proof. Were you worried about this when she announced it? No. Crab and Goyle are so stupid. <laughs> they, they they literally put them on the railing, and Crab and Goyle walked up to them, and they were like, oh, some uh, cupcakes. Oh, brownies, sweet. That's perfect. Yeah. So, no, I wasn't worried about that at all. Um, what I am worried about is why do we have to do everything in the girls' bathroom? Uh, it's because it's Money Myrtle's bathroom, and who goes in Money Myrtle's bathroom? I guess. Because the bathroom, it's like the out-of-order, second-floor girls' bathroom. Okay. So that's just, yeah, that's their base of operations right now. That answers my question. So they take the poly juice and... Ron and Harry seem to do fine. Um, Hermione, not so much. She won't come out of the stall. Yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah. Um, is this how you pictured this working with Ron and Harry? Was it pretty much did it match up with what you had been picturing was going to happen to them? Um, yeah, I think that they should have kind of thought more about like how they were going to get to Malfoy the in like the quickest. Yeah. Because um, that was kind of annoying. They wasted because apparently like Polyjuice only lasts for an hour. Oh yeah, it's a hard Which hour. Is, yeah, that's that kind of sucks. But 
Um, so it seemed like that should have been part of the planning process. Like, how can we make the most of this hour? We need to, like, know where Malfoy's going right. to be. This is a classic Harry, Ron, Hermione plan move, which is to think out the steps to make it happen. And then the the big thing happened that let us do it. And then the actual execution steps <laughs> past that are like, oh, um, yeah, just do the thing. Yeah. As is probably with most 12-year-olds. So Honestly, with most 26-year-olds. That's true. It's just people, I think. So, Hashtag college. Yeah, seriously. So this is good. We're Crab and Goyle now. That's fun. Yes. I pointed out Ron is just bad. Which one is Ron? Crab. Ron's Ron crab. Ron was He's crab. He's just bad at it. Yeah. Well, it's tough. Like, I feel like Ron and Harry are both pretty smart guys. Like, you have to really lower your IQ pretty quickly. <laughs> but, I mean, like, Ron's saying our common room to a Ravenclaw. Yeah. Yeah, again, they didn't really think through, like, all right, so, like, what are what kinds of things should we say? Yeah. Like, maybe we should hang around Crab and Goyle, like, kind of sneak around and, like, listen to how they talk. Yeah, I mean, like, it should they should just be able to be dumber. Like, just say dumb things. Yeah. Just eat cupcakes. So we get down there. We see Percy. Why is Percy wandering around the dungeons? Beats me. I think something weird. Like I've said that a few times now. I think something weird's going on something, with Percy. Something weird's going on with my guy Percy. He's yeah, can't only around him. when he's being suspicious. I don't know. I don't like it. I don't trust Percy. So Percy's Percy's suspicious. Yeah, we don't trust, we don't trust Percy. Percy. But we do make it into the common room. We make it into the common room. And we're going to hang out with Malfoy. What are your big takeaways from this whole section? We're in the Slytherin common room. We're talking to Malfoy. We've got an article about Ron's dad. What's what's the big takeaway? The more um, we learn about Malfoy, it's, like, shocking to me how hateful this kid really is. Yeah, he's just, like, straight-up super racist. Yeah, he's racist and, like, just a dark little evil twerp um like he's going to try and uh like well so it starts off like with the newspaper article like trying to get crab and goyle to kind of join in laughing about how ron's dad could potentially get fired hilarious um, because draco's dad lucius has like um called for his head trying to get him fired for his screw up with the uh well not his but ron and harry screw up with the magic flying car um, and then that's just jumping straight into like wondering about the air and like, I wish I knew who it was, but whoever it is, hopefully they'll get rid of all the mud bloods, especially Hermione. Like he's just straight up wants Hermione to die. Yeah. So it's just like, you know, that Malfoy is, um, evil. We like know he's a jerk. become pretty obvious. Yeah. But this kind of opens your eyes a little bit, I think. Yeah, he's, like I said, he's racist. I mean, like you said and I said. He wants Hermione to die. They have a secret chamber full of evil stuff under the drawing room floor. Right. They have a drawing room. Which is... (laughs) So that'll be... I'm, I'm anxious to see how Ron uses that. If he can get that information back to his dad, hopefully before he potentially loses his job. 
Yeah, that's going to be rough. I mean, it's not like the Weasleys have a bunch of savings to fall back on. No. And that's what we were talking about before the show. Like, I'm not sure if there's a tuition for Hogwarts, but obviously the books are not cheap. And they've got like a thousand so, kids there right now. Yeah, yeah. So not they would they would not be a good time. Not that there's ever a good time to lose your job, but especially when you're trying to put your kids through wizarding school. Yeah. So what about what do we know about Malfoy vis-a-vis him being the heir of Slytherin at this point? Well, I mean, so much as we can tell right now, he's not because he talks about how much he wants to know who it is. But we do know that his dad apparently knows who it is because he was around the last time the chamber was opened. Yeah, he he knows about it. Or he knows about it. That was like a really long time ago. He it was 50 around. years ago, and he's not quite that old. So that's interesting. Um, but he apparently won't tell Draco about it. Because he wants it to keep going the way it is, and he doesn't want Draco to give away how much he knows. Yeah, so he just doesn't really trust trust Malfoy with uh, that information. So Yeah, so we, we hear that, and then basically Harry and Ron have to skedaddle. Yeah, the juice starts wearing off. Ron was already struggling to act like crab anyways, um, which is which is understandable. Like, Malfoy's taking a lot of shots at his family and Hermione. Um, so. Yeah, that was kind of part of me saying how Ron is just not very good at this. Like, he's always like, we, uh, I mean, he, uh, I mean, a stomach ache. Yeah, so finally they notice it's wearing off, and Ron's just kind of like, bleh, stomachache, and like runs off. Yeah. Goes to get medicine. They go find Hermione. Who is a cat. So you said this is kind of revealing a pattern for you. Yeah, I think J.K. Rowling has a, like, weird thing um, about people also being cats. Cat people. Uh, We've got McGonagall and Hermione. And... Uh, Filch's sure. cat. What's um, Mrs. Norris? Mrs. Norris. Mm-hmm. Got a real thing with cats also being people. <laughs> to each his own. Who am I to judge? Yeah, I mean, looks like Hermione. I mean, at least McGonagall gets to change back into a person. Yeah, so uh, Hermione's freaking out because you're not supposed to do this with animals. So does that mean that this could last a lot longer than an hour? Yeah, I mean, she. we can already tell Ron and, and Harry are changed back, and she's still a cat. Yeah, that's not good. They're going to try and rush her up to the nurse, though. Because it, <laughs> I like their point, like, well, she never asked too many questions. We'll just see what she says. Yeah, Madame Pomfrey's a bro. You have to be to be a nurse at a wizard school. I mean, kids come up to you because they've done, they've messed things up, or they've done stuff they weren't supposed to, and you're never going to get them to trust you if you're always poking and prying that's true you probably see some weird stuff so that's uh chapters 11 and 12 i have another prediction for you so we just found out that draco our top suspect is not the heir of slytherin so yeah. who is i think it is harry Ooh. Um, Explain. I, I don't think that that means harry's evil or that he's going to like jump on 
Team Voldemort or anything, but I think the parcel mouth thing's pretty tough to explain at this point. And I'm starting to wonder about, you know, it says that he defeated He Who Must Not Be Named. Maybe Voldemort just didn't kill him on purpose. So you're you're listening to Ernie McMillan here. I don't want to subscribe. Well, my intentions are different. Sure. Yeah, I just couldn't get past the whole parcel mouth thing. And didn't they say, like, the only other wizard who's ever had that ability was Salazar Slytherin? Um, that's the person that most famously. Him and uh, Voldemort. Okay. Oh, it did mention Voldemort. I don't know if it did, but that is the case. I just don't want but you to think that's only Slytherin. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. That's kind of a weak prediction right now. Like, I don't feel great about it, but... I mean, it's a, it's a strong take. With the information I have, that seem, it just seems like that's where the story's going. Like, we don't want to believe that about Harry. Like, there's no way. He's a Gryffindor. He's this awesome seeker, and he's the hero of the story. But, like, maybe his past is a little more murky than we know right now. Yeah, I mean, even children's books can dabble in gray areas. It's not necessarily black and white, good and evil. Yeah. Good. So Hermione's now a cat person. She's. I hope she's just a cat person for the rest of the book. Yeah, and like she she speaks um, kind of like the guys from uh, Super Troopers. Like anytime she says now, it's meow. Like meow guys. I've also never seen Super Troopers. Oh my gosh. Right I thought you were going to say she speaks like the cat equivalent of parcel tongue. She has parcel mouth. That parcel could tongue. also be interesting. She speaks sandpaper tongue. I don't know. That'd be pretty good. I mean, she can talk to Mrs. Norris, get get her on their side. So where are they going to hide her while she's a cat? In the hospital. I mean, they're just taking her there and being like, ah, oh, something went wrong. Madam Pomfrey. Yeah. Maybe Miss, Miss, Madam Pomfrey will know yeah. what to do. That's the plan. Um, as we wrap up episode 15, we want to do a special shout out to our newest patron, Carla Gomez. We're going to go with Gomez, and we do heartily apologize, Carla, if we are mispronouncing your first or last name. Please send us a voice or e-based mail and let us know. But Carla has been jumping into the Facebook group. She's been leaving comments. She's been liking. It's been great. So welcome to the fold, Carla. Thanks, Carla. So we're excited for that. Um, We've been having some good discussions over on the Facebook group. Uh, One of our Instagram posts just recently got several comments a little bit of a discussion going which is fun so yeah please please jump on i mean mitch whoever else that's the best way that you can help us spread the word is by contributing is by posting is by commenting and liking sharing to your friends and that's how we can we start it's you know the game where you trade a paperclip and you eventually keep trading for things so you get a car yeah that's what we're doing with mitchell rogers up to thaddeus young i like it we're just we're trading Mitch is we trade on Mitch. I mean we're not trading him in, obviously he's still a fan. He shares to someone, they share to someone, they share to someone, and then it gets up to Thad Young. It's the six degrees of Thad Young. It is the thick six degrees of Thad Young. <laughs> Who do we know that knows a pacer? Um my cousin's husband used to work for the Pacers. Oh, Jacob has a friend that used to intern there and met some of the players. Perfect. We'll go we'll go to them. We'll go to Sado. Anything else that you want to bring up before we wrap up, Braden? 
Um, I don't think so. I just want to mention the fact that we have a phone number you can call and leave us messages. Um, we talked about that earlier in the episode. Rogi, do you want to read that number again so they know how to contact us? I would love to read that number again if I can find it. Okay. Through the, there it is. Okay, leave us a voicemail. one nine seven eight potter zero so that's one nine seven eight seven six eight eight three seven zero tell us about your wizard metal band names respond to our thoughts about how stupid lockhart is let us know what other sorts of silvery magical instruments Dumbledore could be using besides a toaster and a stapler. Suggestions for new segments or things we should talk about, things we shouldn't talk about. Yeah, just a discussion question. Ask us a question that you want us to answer, you want Braden to consider, yes. you want me to make fun of. But mostly we want your wizarding death metal band names. Right. Let's be clear. Yes. We also want you to please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes. It helps us climb the chart charts of Harry Potter Podcast. And please like us on Facebook. You can follow us on Instagram, at Muggles Perspective. That's without an A. Just add Muggles Perspective. Uh, next episode, Rogi, are we doing 13 and 14? We're doing... Uh, that is an excellent question. I will be posting about it, but I know soon we're doing three chapters in an episode. Or is it one chapter in an episode? Well, listeners will have to find out. Stay tuned. <laughs> yeah, we'll figure it out here in a second. I should have looked this up beforehand. So it'll be some amount of chapters. Uh, thank you, producer Jeremy and editress Jessica. Bye. Bye. That's kind of like a big internal struggle 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 over the It's a big internal struggle 